to the weekly message from Angel of Joy Lutheran Church, an ELCA congregation located in Lufkin, Texas. Pastor Paul Guy and the family of Angel of Joy invite you to join us for worship at 10.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you should find yourself in our neighborhood, please enjoy this message and visit our website at angelofjoy.org. Those of you who attended our Christmas Eve worship service will recall that the processional gospel reading was the same as part of our gospel reading this morning. With his timeless words, the writer of John tells about the coming of Christ who was bringing light into the darkness of the world. It's symbolic language, poetic language, and yet it is... Astonishingly, astonishingly captivating, this message. It's as finely tuned as, well, as the harmony of the Epperly Brothers. And the music continues long after the last note is played. Let me read again the first part of this gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to bear witness to the light, the true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. Light in the midst of darkness, more than all the candles that were shining on Christmas Eve throughout all the churches of all the world. This light dispelled darkness like a solar flare. It's like a door being opened. The darkness that John speaks of is suddenly illuminated by the one who is not carrying light, but who is actually light itself. For those who welcome the open door, there is life in abundance. The writer of John said, in the beginning was the Word. If you Google it, Word is translated as a combination of letters that convey sounds or ideas. And when you join them together in a sentence, it conveys meaning. Well, God intended to convey ultimate meaning to the world. And when we speak of word, we're not talking about the letters on the page or 
on one of the electronic devices that many people bought at Christmas time that shows words, but rather the word is something that conveys something beyond itself. Now I'm getting into semantics here, but when we say word with a capital W, this is the way God says, this is what is true. This is what I am. This is what I wish. And instead of letters on the page written in ink or, or well, computer printer, it's a living being, a symbol of something beyond itself. Jesus was a symbol beyond himself. He was the symbol of God's redeeming love. Through Jesus Christ, every bit as much as all of the letters in the Bible itself that we love so well, Jesus himself was conveying the promise of God to redeem us. Jesus, as we hear him, as we cherish his words, is saying, this, what I come to tell you, what I come to do for you, is the living word of truth. God loves you so much that he will give me his only son to die that you might live. A little bit of a definition there for the beginning of the year. Word is more than simply letters on the page or looking at us out of the dictionary. A word is something that conveys meaning and truth. And this is why Jesus was called the Word. We think of Jesus as the one who is born in a stable, laid in a manger, such as that one over there. We think of the delicate infant child who would grow to be a man, who would grow to to work miracles, to restore life, as well as all the vestiges of health itself, hearing, sight, well-being. This beginning of the year, we think of Jesus, the infant whom we would long to hold in our arms right there next to his mother Mary, or the one we would like to walk down the paths of life with, to hang on his every word, and maybe even to hang on to him all by ourselves. And all of it's true and all of it's there for us. There comes a time when life comes to an end as we know it. We can't see beyond the grave except through the promises of those who have been there. And the fact is, that's Jesus. We hang on his word. But not all do. What is obvious and overwhelmingly true to some is by no means clear to all. This morning, 
although the doors are temporarily closed to the kitchen, we have been offered refreshments of cake and rolls and other delicious things. They didn't just magically appear. You see, our hostess for today, Terry Mize, bought and baked and brewed these good things for our enjoyment and our nourishment. And some of you actually sneak some of those refreshments to your seat. This is where the don't ask, don't tell comes into play here. Terry did that. And just because you perhaps didn't actually take anything for yourselves, that was your choice because all along it was there for you. In a different way, Jesus, our Savior, the one who was born in Bethlehem, who grew to adulthood in Nazareth, and who came into our own lives 2,000 years later, wherever we happen to be, Jesus brought spiritual nourishment for us and for anyone else who wished to receive it. It was and is there for the taking. And Jesus himself is truly our host. This morning we received the gift of Holy Communion with the bread. And I should tell you, if you haven't wondered, we sometimes use the wafers, which is called hosts. Sometimes churches use loaves of bread, but in the Last Supper or the Passover meal that Jesus shared with his disciples when he first gave them the word that this was not simply a remembrance event of the time when Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt, but it was the gift of himself in, with, and under the bread and the wine. This is spiritual nourishment for us, and we use the flat bread or the the pita bread sometimes, as close to flat, unleavened bread as we can find, to keep it as close as we can to the way Jesus gave it to his disciples, in case you were wondering why we do it that way here most of the time. In any case, with regard to the refreshments in the kitchen, nobody is forced to put that succulent cake into their mouths. I was there this morning, and I didn't see anyone doing that. The closest thing I've seen to some sort of forcing event like that is on a wedding day. It's one of the things that kind of gets to me. I hate it when the bride and the groom crush a cake into each other's faces because it doesn't seem to convey that tender love that is so central to the wedding. But that being said... I didn't see anyone smash cake into someone's face by the kitchen today or open their mouth and shove it in. It was a free gift. Free gift. And that's pretty much the same way it is with the life-giving gifts of Christ. Nobody forces a person to receive their Savior And he'll only be a savior to someone who accepts him as that, of course, just like the lifeguard, you know, in the ocean, saving someone who's drowning. That person who's drowning needs to comply with the one who's giving them life. But in any case, Jesus remains the willing and the gracious host, always holding out the gifts of life to people like you and me.
Yesterday, Ang and I held an open house at our home down the road in Dyball. It was our pleasure and our joy to have many of you into our home and to share our time with you. That was a little thing. But Jesus has also sent out his invitation to come and share his glorious eternal home with him. And that's a monumentally big thing. It is, if you will, a heavenly open house. Come, you are invited. One of the differences there is that if we accept that invitation, we get to stay there forever. Now, some, very few of you, are, of us, I should say, are old enough to remember some old movies. There is a movie way back, and maybe you've seen it on Turner Classic Movies or, or read about it. It was called The Man Who Came to Dinner. And it was kind of based on a true event. And it, the, the um, gist of the story is that a dinner guest slips on a patch of ice just outside the home of the person that's invited him to dinner, and he injures his hip. And so the host takes this man into his home and takes care of him, and he feeds him, and he gives him a bed, and he does everything for him until the man is well enough to to leave. But that visitor is enjoying himself so much that the hours turned into days and the days turned into weeks and the weeks turned into months. And he could... That never happened to me when I was young in church. I think, you know, some things are just so wonderful. It, It just shows us the bliss that we've come to experience. Anyway, that with regard to that person, he the, the whole story was, how do I get rid of this unwelcome guest? Well, that's not the way it goes with God. You are the most welcome of guests. And he did it all to make it possible for you through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Open house, yeah, it's open to us. The doors of heaven have been thrown wide open. That's the glory of Christmas and Easter rolled into one. And standing there right by the door to welcome us home is our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What a wonderful picture for us as we begin this new year. It's going to be a marvelous year for us. Oh, there will be bumps and speed bumps along the way for sure. But there are going to be some absolutely fabulous things that are going to happen to God's people, to each one of us. And it's going to be my joy to be there with you along the way. But best of all, best of all, our host, Jesus himself, who offers himself to us today in the bread and the wine. The only thing I can say to that good news is, Amen. Brothers and sisters, amen. Thank you for listening. Please provide feedback on the iTunes podcast page and visit our website at angeljoy.org for more information.